Chapter 19 Consolation Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41, 10. We sometimes speak and think very lightly of doubts and fears, but that's not God's estimation of them. Our Heavenly Father considers them to be great evils, extremely harmful to us, and exceedingly dishonorable to Himself, for He very frequently forbids our fears and just as often offers us the most powerful remedies for them. Fear not is a frequent utterance of the divine mouth. I am with you is the fervent, soul-cheering argument to support it. Unless the Lord had judged our fears to be a great evil, He would not have so often forbidden them or provided such a heavenly release from them. Martin Luther used to say that to comfort a desponding spirit is as difficult as to raise the dead. However, we have a God who both raises the dead from their graves and raises His people from their despair. Scripture Though ye have lean among the pots, yet shall ye be as the wings of a dove covered with silver, and her feathers with yellow gold. Psalm 68, 13. Scripture Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Psalm 30, 5. Saul was subject to fits of deep despondency. But when David, the skillful harpist, laid his hand among the obedient strings, the evil spirit departed, overcome by the subduing power of melody. Our text is such a harp, and if the Holy Spirit will only touch its strings, its sweet discourse will charm away the demon of despair. I am with thee. It is a harp of ten strings that contains the full chords of consolation. Its notes quiver to the height of elation, or descend to the hollow base of the deepest grief. More or less, all believers need consolation at all times, because their lives are very peculiar ones. The walk of faith is one protracted miracle. The life, the conflict, the support, and the triumph of faith are all far above the vision of the eye of sense. The inner life is a world of mysteries. We see nothing beneath or before us, yet we stand upon a rock and go from strength to strength. We march onward unto what seems to be destruction, and we find safety blooming beneath our feet. During our whole Christian career, the promises of God must be applied to the heart, or else such is the weakness of flesh and blood that we are ready to go back to the food of the Egypt of a carnal sense. Exodus 16.3 And leave the delights that faith alone can provide us. There are certain special occasions when the Comforter's work is needed, and certainly one of these is when we are afflicted with much physical pain. Many bodily pains can be endured without affecting the mind, but there are certain others whose sharp fangs work themselves into the marrow of our nature, boring their way most horribly through the brain and the spirit. For these, much grace is needed. When the head is throbbing, the heart is palpitating, and the whole system is in disorder, it is so natural to say with Jacob, All these things are against me. Genesis 42, 36. 
It is easy then to complain of providence and to think that we are the ones above all others who have seen affliction. This is the time for the promise to be applied with power. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Isaiah 41.10. God will make all your bed in your sickness. Psalm 41.3. When bodily pain gives every sign of increasing, or when we expect the surgeon with his dreaded knife, then we want and need the upholding gentleness of God in order to be sustained under sufferings at the thought of which the flesh shudders. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Like the song of the nightingale, those words are most sweet when heard in the night season. When the trouble comes in our relative sorrows, borne personally by those dear to us, when we see them fading gradually by illness and disease, like lilies snapped at the stalk, when they are suddenly swept away as the grass falls beneath the mower's blade, when we have to visit the grave again and again and each time leave a part of ourselves behind us, when our clothing of mourning reveals our woe, and we would readily sit down in the dust and sprinkle ashes upon our heads because the desire of our eyes is taken from us, Ezekiel 24:16. Then we require the heavenly comforter. Then indeed the skillful harpist is in great request, and sweet to the heart are notes like these, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. When all the currents of providence run counter to us, and when, after taking arms against a sea of trouble, we find ourselves unable to stem the boisterous torrent, and are being swept down the stream, loss after loss, riches taking to themselves wings and flying away until we see nothing before us except absolute need, and when we are actually brought to know what real need is, then we require abundant grace to sustain our spirits. It's not very easy to come down from wealth to poverty, from abundance to emptiness, with perfect submission. That is a philosophy to be learned only where Paul was taught it when he said, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Philippians 4.11. Some people would find it hard to be content in that widow's position who has seven children and nothing to maintain them but the small amount that is wrung out to her for her labors with her needle, at which she sits, stitch, 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 far into the dead of the night, stitching her very soul away. You might not find it quite as easy to bear poverty if you were shunned by men who courted you in prosperity, and who now do not know you if they meet you in the street. There are bitter things about the poor man's circumstances that are not easily rinsed from his cup. And then it is that the gracious soul needs the promise, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Isaiah 41.10 Scripture A father of the fatherless, and a judge of the widows, is God in his holy habitation. Psalm 68.5 Scripture Thy Maker is thine husband. Isaiah 54, 5. If you are brought into this condition, may my Lord and Master say to you, It is I, be not afraid. Matthew 14, 27. Dear listener, did you ever stand as a servant of God alone in the midst of opposition, 
Were you ever called to attack some deadly popular error, and, with a rough, bold hand, like one who opposes the veneration of images, to dash down the graven images of the age? Have you heard the clamor of many, some saying this thing and some the other, some saying, He is a good man, but others saying, Nay, but he deceiveth the people? John 7, 12. Did you ever see the animosity of the priests of Baal flashing from their faces and foaming from their mouths? Did you ever read their hard expressions and see their misrepresentations of your speech and of your motives? Did you ever feel the delight of saying, The best of all is that God is with us, and in the name of God, instead of folding up the standard, we will set up our banners? If this is offensive, we intend to be more offensive still, and will throw down the gauntlet once more in the name of the God of truth and against the error of the times. If you have ever passed through the ordeal, then you have needed the words, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Isaiah 41.10. Scripture. Who art thou, that thou shouldest be afraid of a man that shall die, and of the Son of Man which shall be made as grass? Isaiah 51.12. Scripture. I will make thee unto this people a fenced brazen wall, and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. Jeremiah 15.20. Scripture. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed. Isaiah 54, 4. My dear listener, we will need this word of comfort most of all when we go down the sloping banks of a dark river, when we hear the noise of its waves and feel the dreary influence of its dark flood, but cannot see the other side, when the mists of depression of spirit hide from us Jerusalem the golden, and our eye catches no glimpse of the land that floweth with milk and honey. Deuteronomy 26, 9. Because the soul is occupied with present pain and is wrapped in darkness that can be felt. In such a condition, we linger shivering on the brink and fear to launch away. We talk of death too lightly. It is solemn work to the best of men. It would be no child's play to an apostle to die. Yet if we can hear the whisper, Fear thou not, for I am with thee, then the mists will sweep away from the river, and that stream that was previously muddy will become as clear as crystal, and we will see the rock of ages at the bottom of the flood. Then we will descend with confidence, we will hear the rippling of the death stream, and we will think it is music. Yes, and it will be music, as it melts into the songs of the angels, who will accompany us through its depths. When those mists have rolled away, it will be delightful to see the shining ones coming to meet us, who will go with us up the celestial hills to the pearly gate and accompany us to the throne of God, where we will rest forever. Happy are they who will hear their Lord say to them, I am with you, do not be afraid. We read in this word of great events that will happen to us after death, but we do not well understand the revelation. After death, serious events will follow that may well strike a person with awe as he thinks about them. There is a judgment and a resurrection. There is a trumpet call that will summon the children of men to hear their future destiny from heaven's doomsday book. The world will be on fire, and 
the elements shall melt with fervent heat. 2 Peter 3.10 There will be a mighty appearing of the great judge at the dread judgment. There will be the winding up of this age and the gathering together of all things in one that are in Christ. There will be a casting down into hell of the tares bound up in bundles to burn. Matthew 13.30 And the fire that never shall be quenched, Mark 9.44, will send up its smoke forever and ever. Revelation 14.11 What about that future? Well, faith can look forward to it without any quivering. Faith does not fear, for it hears the voice of the everlasting God saying, I am with you, I will be with you when your dust will rise. Your gratifying first view will be the King in His beauty. You will be satisfied when you will wake up in His likeness. Psalm 17, 15. I will be with you when the heavens are on fire. I will be your preserver, your comforter, your heaven, your all in all. Therefore, do not fear, but look forward with unmoved delight to all the mystery and the glory of the age to come.